Welcome to the Pursuit of Prosperity podcast. I'm Lance Wakefield. Today I'm here with an awesome guest. His name is Will Coburg, and he is an actor slash realtor and uh, a very unique combination. Welcome. Thank you so much for coming. Yeah, Lance, thanks for having me. Um, been doing real estate for a while. I'm a working uh, film and TV actor, so you can check me out on IMDb. My YouTube channel uh, has all my real estate videos and uh, my, my webpage, coburggroup.com. Hashtag is Will Sells It. I'm on all the social medias, Instagram and all that. So follow me. We do fun videos and throw some great properties out there. And we're going to do, uh, we got a really fun surprise coming. We're going to do a, uh, like a little JV. We're going to, I'm going to help Will buy his first investment property. Yeah. So you got to check out his socials and follow him so you can see the journey. That's right. Stay tuned. We're going to do this and you're going to jump on board when you see how easy it is. Absolutely. You're in store for a good one today. Let's go. <laughs> so it's really interesting that you went from acting to real estate. Yeah. And you were saying you just did what now last night? I uh, just put two um, two auditions on tape for co-star roles. Sweet. So you're still doing the acting still thing. Still doing acting, yeah. And the real estate thing. Absolutely. I've cool. always been passionate about And maybe that's, <laughs> maybe that's my fatal flaw is I've always been passionate about acting instead of just Real estate, but I've, I've found a way to put the two together, and that's uh, you know the creativity and film and production with real estate. I saw that being my unique fingerprint and yeah, my niche, and so that's how I benefit uh, my clientele, especially those that are listing homes with me, because I try to create an HGTV style experience with Kevin. Uh, recently, him and Jay Oates on the one we did, it was a uh, Mission Impossible uh, film experience. Yeah, so he that showed was, me that. Yeah, that, that was, was like, awesome. That was a lot of fun. Uh, and man, I'd love to do every listing video like that. So just it's gotta a, find sponsors. Man, it's such a smart way to like drum up interest and create like interest in the property and like hype around the property without spending a ton of money doing it. Like it's very smart way. Well, thank like, you very I, much. I, I thought that when I saw the commercial, I was like, that's brilliant. Well, you know, and, and it all comes from creativity and passion. So I didn't do it because I thought, uh, you know, I can make a lot of money doing this. I, I thought, you know, I'm inspired to do it. So mm -hmm. the authenticity of it, because I enjoy doing it. And then my client, such a sweet uh, lady, she showed me a video when they had a formal party there. And I'm like, this is the one that I'm going to do the make, put the film and the, and the listing video all together in the same one. And it, and it turned out great. And I met Jay from a, from a producer director buddy of mine, because I, I, you know, I'm, what I say is this is what happens when your realtor is also a working actor on strike. <laughs> <laughs> That's so sweet. That's what happens. I love it. So That's like such a, it's just such an interesting, unique way to highlight properties. And it looks like you're mostly focused in like luxury real estate. Is that kind of your... You know, that's where, um, when I got into real estate in 2013, I got licensed in 2015. That was really my first full-time year. I was with a, uh, a lady, Jan Ritchie, on her team. And she was luxury. And so mm -hmm. I was independent. You know, I was pumped up. You know, always been an entrepreneur at my heart. My dad was an entrepreneur. So I was like, man, I'm going to do this. And then, you know, uh, we were pregnant with our first. And, uh, you know, I'm in the office. Got my first listing. <laughs> You're looking around Saturday morning. Who can help me answer some questions? Don't know what I'm doing. Yep. I just said, I'm, I'm just going to yep. get it done. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I found uh, Jan and her husband, Tom, and we started talking. And then they offered me a spot on the team. And, you know, she's been in DFW for like 35 plus years. Oh, wow. Uh, 635 North. I think she was the one uh, for 11 years, number one, Evie Halliday agent okay, back yeah. in the 80s, 90s, whatever. So, you know, learned a lot from her. And then when I broke off, you know, I just did all the hustling. I went to open houses, you know, when, when these other – uh, when Jan and, and the other partners on the team had luxury listings, I was doing the open houses. I was making my videos on them on my phone mm -hmm. without a microphone. Yeah. And so just growing uh, organically um, clients who now are, are my still my clients and work with me now. So it's been great. So kind of 
I think my average, because you know I don't turn down, you know, listing opportunities unless yeah, they absolutely. just don't make sense. Probably, you know, seven fifty. Yeah, that's great. The average, so it, it's been it's been good. I work at the other end of the spectrum, yeah. and I'm like, we buy like I've bought, I mean, I I bought houses for a dollar, but like. I you actually bought a house for a dollar. Yeah, it's like gotcha. But like, I've where are the video cameras for that happening? So like, but mostly it's like this. You know, mostly right now, I'd say we're fifty to two hundred thousand acquisition price yeah. is like most of where I live. So it's like the other end of the spectrum. Yeah, we do do some nicer stuff. Like I've had the most expensive listing we've sold was two point two million. Nice, but most of the stuff is cheaper. Or if it's commercial, like if we're buying apartment complexes, obviously yeah. that's. More expensive. So have you? So so well. So that's interesting because I want to learn from you. Yeah, go for it. So you so you're in fifty to two fifty. So do you just find uh, distressed single family? Is that how you got started in that and convert them, update them, convert them to rentals? Or yes. How, how do you do so that? that that's kind of how I got started. So initially, like, so the formal path to go to get into real estate is become a real estate agent, get licensed, and all that. Um, I decided not to go that route. I decided to go the wholesaling route, which yeah. is the kind of the real estate investor. You don't need anything. And it's really, in my opinion, as a wholesale, it's probably in your best interest not to be licensed or right. anything because there's just more liability that comes along with being licensed. You do have, you have an obligation to the client, whoever you're talking to, to disclose values of homes. And you should know that because you're a real estate professional, you're licensed, you're yeah. trained on all that. Um, I'm not trained on any of it. I've just kind of figured out as I've gone. Yeah. Um, similar to you. Like when I signed my first contract, I'm like, oh, this is awesome. What do I do now? Like I had no clue. And so it was just kind of. Yeah. Whether like, you take the classes or not. Yeah. You still have no clue. Still no clue. <laughs> it's so experience. You, you sign a listing agreement. I sign a contract to buy the home. And it's like, it's kind of similar because you still got to figure out how to get it sold. Either way. It's like, you just, so I, I just kind of, I, for, it was similar to you where I just like kind of burned the boats. I'm figuring this out. I'm going to do it. And I went and did it. So that's cool. When did you start that process where you buy a house? So the f uh, my first home I bought was like 2008, but that was just like one. Where I really got into this full time was really like last month, like December 2015, January 2016 is when wow. I was like, this is what I'm going to do. And then I wholesaled like crazy for 2016, 2017, and 2018. And 2018 is when I started to like buy rentals, but then... I bought 15 and then had to sell them all because partnership went sideways right. and then, you know, bought some more and then had to sell them because I ran out of money. And then, and then in 2020, I really started buying and that's when I really got into investing and really started. In 2020, really? And you would think because that's when things were getting crazy. Yeah. But you, that's when you started buying. So I started buying a lot. Wow. And, um, what, what made it easy was money was easy to find then. There was just like, you know, they started just the government just started, Interest rates were just good. started opening yeah, out yeah. the money. You know, here's money for money. everybody. Money was and free. Money was free to everyone. So yeah. it made it really easy to get loans. And so what I was doing was I was getting, uh, I found private lenders and hard money lenders and whoever would fund me that would fund 100% of the deals. Wow. And so I'd, as long as the deal is a good enough deal, right. right? So I'd go in, I'd buy them like that. We'd improve them to a, a point where they're either rentable or sellable. We'd sell some. We'd obviously, we'd wholesale some as well. We'd flip some and then we'd keep some as rentals. And between in 2020, I went into 2020 with like maybe five rentals. And by the time we finished up 2022, um, it was about 120. And now it's, we're over 200. Wow. So, and you got your own management company and everything? Man, so I did. I had in house property management. We've outsourced it. And honestly, I'm regretting it. Oh, really? Really. Wow. Like, uh, property management's just one of those parts of the business. Just yeah. tough, man. 
Um, in-house is tough. Out-of-house is tough. It's just... Pick your tough. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, I like the control aspect because to me, that's where the power comes from real estate is right. you have control. Like you can only invest in five things and real estate's one of those five, but it's the one you have the most control over. Right. So So the five things, real estate, we just named that. You got the S, you got stocks, stocks bonds, bonds, commodities, yeah. and cash, currency. Okay. Those are your five things. I mean, that's five things you can We're, put money so into. So what about crypto? Crypto is still a currency, still. technically, I think, um, but it's kind of a, a flexible. We'll see where currency. that one goes. Yeah, we will. So so question about that. So, so I mean... You know, obviously, where I am, been successful in the real estate, and I think a lot of realtors, same thing. And starting out, they need to be, to be smart. You want to have a diversified portfolio. So, Absolutely. so where do you start? Is it was it as simple as? And, and some of it's some realtors. Look, I'm in luxury, and I got people. Hey, you know, let's get an investment properties. And, and for me, I'll be honest. Sometimes I'm like, man, that's just a whole different animal. Like, it is. It's foreclosure and this and that. So, like. I can't just suddenly put on an investor hat if, if that's not my expertise. No, totally. But if, but if I want to build wealth, it's smart for me to figure out how to do that. So how would I get into that? So where would I start? Is it start with my first home that I own? Now, recently going through a divorce, so I'm renting now, which sucks, but I'm going to have to buy a house. So is that my first rental or is it or so separate when I, the two? So when I first got into it, I did what's called house hacking. So how about my first house? Okay. So house hacking is where you get some sort of multi-unit or something and you live in one and rent out the others oh, yeah, okay. to like help duplex. offset the mortgage, yeah. like duplex or quad or something like that. Um, so that's one way, a really good way to get into it with like a really easy entry. Okay. Like, gotcha. cause you can get an FHA loan with 3% down and say, say you buy a quad, even if that quad is 500 K right. still 15 K down. I mean, yeah. uh, most people can find a way to save up 10, 15,000 bucks. Right. And so, but if you, if you bought a duplex that was like, dude, there's duplexes that we sell all the time for 200, 250. And there's, some, there's going to be deals out there right now. Is for, from there's what deals I'm today, yeah. right now. For, shoot, I've got a duplex. I'll sell you for two fifty. You know, it's like it's so not where that hard. Um, I don't know. I own a bunch, but I have one in like in Fair <laughs> Park that I would sell you for two fifty. Like, maybe, there's maybe deals not out that there. one. Yeah, you don't want that one probably. But <laughs> Frisco schools in <laughs> Fair Park. Yeah, yeah. The um, uh, there's like I own a bunch of duplexes like in Arlington, and those sell for like I don't know, probably four hundred for yeah. a duplex, and depending on how renovated it is. So there's ways in like four hundred three percent down. It's twelve. 12 grand plus a few thousand bucks for closing costs. Yeah. If you've got 15 grand, you can get into a deal. Rent out one side, bring in 15, 1800 bucks a month, and then you're probably pushing another, I don't know, thousand a month that you've got to actually put out of your pocket, which is way cheaper than rent. Yeah. You know, if you're renting a whole place. So the guys next to you is paying 1800 rent, you're paying a thousand a month to own. It's a good deal. 100%. And so, then, so when you get to the next one, so the first one, a first-time home buyer, they got an FHA loan out there. You put three percent down. Then when you go to buy your next one, are yeah. you doing LLCs? What, how you yeah, doing it's all not that? sustainable. So I've actually funniest thing is um, with all the property I own, I've never got an actual real like mortgage. Yeah. Every every loan I have is a commercial loan. Really? So commercial loans are different. They're based on um, your debt service coverage ratio. It's in the industry. It's referred to as DSCR, and they just want to make sure that the the property can produce the income to cover the debt. Okay. So as long as that's happening, so as long they don't as the really care work, who you, you are. You can show it and you yeah. get the loan. Yeah, exactly. Wow. So that's how I've bought everything, basically. And um, those types of loans are super effective because there's no caps. So with traditional mortgages, where you're going to go to like a mortgage broker to go buy your home, you can get conventional loans and that are 
agency-backed loans. And you can get up to, I believe, 10 for an individual. Uh, if you're a couple, you can get 20 if you're buying them individually, not as a couple. Um, but once you hit that, that threshold, you're capped. So it's like you got to find another way. Right. So rather than ever try to go through that way, I just started doing commercial from the beginning. And really, it was building relationships with small banks. Finding small banks that want to do real estate investing, that want to invest with single-family home buyers, mm -hmm. finding those banks, working with them, building relationships of trust over time. Most of those banks, if you've got like a 600 credit score and you have some knowledge of real estate investing, most of them will give you a million bucks without really blinking. Wow. Like the loan officer you meet with, they are fully authorized to go up to a million bucks. I'm almost at 800 and then my history of... Incomes. Yeah, you'd have decent, no problem so. getting wow. a rental property from one of these banks at all. Like none. They Why will fund are we you. Wasting our time. Let's and what's go. interesting is some of these banks, they don't even care what you paid for it. Yeah. They're just like, what does it appraise for? Oh, it appraises for one one eighty or well, two hundred for easy numbers. We'll give you up to hundred and fifty thousand. Well, I bought the house for fifty. I put fifty into it. Yeah. I can get a check for fifty grand from the bank if I want and keep it and cash flow it. You're using that money to update it, do whatever, and then no, 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 no. rent or no? So, so, okay, so what I do is I go in. First of all, I don't buy anything off the MLS, really. Right. It's all direct from seller. Right. So we're working with people who are more distressed. We're finding someone who's uh, recently divorced or has, um, they're behind on their property taxes or, or whatever the case may be. Whatever their distress is, we're trying to solve their real estate problem. So we get in figure out what they need for the property and we buy the property at discount and the discount reflects the level of distress of the buyer right. or excuse me the seller or the property okay so once we we see that we decide okay we can buy it for this much let's say repairs are let's say we buy it for 80 so more of a real number i have one right now under contract buying it for 83 it's worth for sure 200 probably probably would appraise for 225 to 235 wow it's probably where it'll appraise we're contracted at 83 to get it to that value, we're probably about 70000 of work. Mm. So if the bank will fund a 75% of a loan to value, if that value is just that $200, they'll fund up to $150. If I'm buying for $80 and putting $70 in, I'm at $83, I'm all in at $153. Right. So then I go to the bank, it appraises right at $200. I got to bring $3,000 plus some closing costs and probably out of pocket six or 7000 bucks. Mm -hmm. But I've got a rental property that's going to cash flow now and just put out money. That same property probably rent for about 1800 bucks a month. And that 150 loan right now kind of sucks because it's at 80%. Right. Um, you do not get great rates with the small banks. You don't get terrible rates, but you just, you don't get quite as good as if you were getting an agency backed loan from right. the government. So, um, so you're 8% today, hopefully this year that goes down. Right. But in that scenario, um, I'm just kind of ballparking, but we're probably going to be about if it's a 150 loan, like a um, probably about a thousand to eleven hundred bucks a month for PIT, principal and interest, taxes and insurance are going to be another call it three four hundred bucks a month. So I'm fourteen fifteen, renting at eight hundred eighteen at um, excuse me sixteen hundred. You're making a little cash flow, not much though, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, and but you're also looking at the area is there's opportunity to appreciate. So there's appreciation right off on taxes. Yes, there's depreciation on taxes. I try not to buy based on appreciation. Right. Um, I try to only buy based on cash flow. And so, to be completely honest with you, right now, I'm not really buying rentals. Right. It's just really. And that was gonna be my next question with interest rates going up. You know, is that yeah. is the market there? Obviously, it was no, when interest rates no. were low. Yeah. But so 2022, that's why I bought some of them. Yeah. But there still are distressed properties out there. Totally. So, so somebody's got to do something. So what I'm doing instead, um, and I'm kind of changing things up, is 
right now there's a huge push in the industry to um, like this rent to own stuff. Have you heard of lists where like even Lennar, uh, DR Horton, huge home builders are going in and they'll buy up a, an area and they'll build a community and they'll sell a community, mm-hmm. but they'll build another community next to it and they'll keep it as rentals yep. or hedge funds will buy oh, it yeah, as rentals. So it's called build to rent. It's this huge trend which is just taking ownership away from people. So we're doing a bunch of those in Sherman, I think. Oh yeah, they're sure. Any of the outskirt areas where you can get cheap land, yeah. it's they're going like Princeton, Weatherford, sure. Princeton, Sherman, Ennis, like Forney. You just take a you take the Metroplex and you go into the areas where it's more county land still, mm-hmm. just right outside in the peripheral of the of the area, and build the rent communities are going up everywhere. Have you done any of those? I've done build to rent. I've never done a build to rent um, home. The homes that I've built, I've sold all of them. Right. Um, I'm familiar with guys that are doing build to rent, and it works. It's lucrative. It's got all these good things. But frankly, where I've seen it be successful are in those peripheral areas. Right. And it's where you've got an excellent builder who can build at a really, really good rate. Like mm-hmm. we're talking like hundred, five hundred, ten bucks a square foot. Oh wow. To yeah. build right now, which is a very basic home. Um, there's guys doing it. I know it's tight though right now. So right. how I'm kind of going the other way right now, and I did this in 2020 a fair amount, is I'm seller financing homes to people. Mm-hmm. So we're giving people the op- opportunity to buy a home that couldn't qualify for a regular mortgage. Typically, these people are either have really bad credit, own their own business, or they're immigrants who don't have a social security number yet. Right. And so we're selling homes to them and we're charging a little bit higher interest rate. Are you seeing a lot of immigrants? Oh, yeah. I mean, we, we're putting homes out that... It's insane the number of inquiries that we're getting. Like the demand for this product right now is substantial. Yeah. And um, so we're I'm even taking rentals that I can't get to cash flow right now, and we're just selling them seller finance to people. Wow. Because the payments are dramatically higher than what rent would be. I'm mean, not dramatically, but they're an extra three or four hundred bucks a month than the rent. But they're also paying the taxes and insurance. Right. And there's no maintenance. There's no vacancy. There's no capex. Like. You remove all of that from the equation, and the cash flow goes from negative one or two hundred to positive four or five hundred. And then you sack away. Like you think about it, if you can get five hundred bucks a month of cash flow, and if you could do that on ten properties, that's five grand a month. Yeah. If you do it on twenty, it's ten grand a month, and keep stacking them. Some of them we can even we can even see more cash flow than that. Plus, we're also getting a down payment. That's right. Build wealth, and then I can be a full time actor. But that prop, yes, yes. <laughs> that I mean, that's kind of what I'm going for too. Is like I want more time. You want to be an actor? No. No, no, I should not be an actor. <laughs> I want more time. You want time to go do your passion, which is acting. I want time to travel and surf and have fun. So. Oh, I love surfing, yeah. Oh, it's so much fun. So Dallas is not the best place for that. No, so, but I think they opened just an indoor surf place somewhere around here. Yeah, I heard that. Is it open already? I don't know. I saw the thing on Instagram. Yeah, I'm really excited for that, though, yeah. like once that opens. Where do you go surfing? Well, I grew up in Hawaii. So Why don't I you buy a, a place there. in Hawaii? Well, I might, but that's uh, I've, I've done some investing. Done Maybe some there's some opportunities there. there since they had the... There the is fires. there. Well, in Lahaina, I wouldn't touch that just because there's a lot of emotion around that. Well, that's true. Yeah. But, um, you know, there's definitely there's a lot of opportunity in Hawaii, actually. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a difficult place to interact, though. The government's pretty. Uh, they're not super friendly to outsiders. Yeah. I grew up there and I know people there and I could probably wiggle really? my way in. But it's, did you know The Rock? I did not know uh, The Rock. Okay. But the the nurse that took care of me like a, like like my doctor's nurse was his aunt. She had like all these pictures of him on the wall and stuff when I was like 14 high school. That's back when he was like WWE. Yeah. I was like, oh, I love The Rock. She's like, yeah, he's my nephew. I'm like, oh, that's cool. There you go. He knows The Rock. Uh, I know The Rock. 
<laughs> one, I know The Rock's aunt. One degree of separation. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, That's awesome. But what, yeah. So, what other famous people have you met? Oh, man. Over in Hawaii? Rabbit and, hole. This over is why. in Hawaii, dude, there's a lot of famous people that would roll through. So Donnie Nelson's got a place up there in his day. Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt were there with Adam Sandler and someone else filming some movie she did in Hawaii back in the day. Yeah. Um, oh, the girl from Fast and the Furious... Um, fears. I was with, so I did uh, NCIS New Orleans with Lucas Black. Lucas Black was on uh, Fast and Furious. He was also in Friday Night Lights, the quarterback. Oh, okay, yeah. Got the, got the, he's from Alabama, got the excellent. Hey, y'all, how you doing? Yeah, yeah. So I'm sure you've met a ton of famous people. Some. Yeah. Like, uh, I just did a film with Luke Hemsworth. I mean, I just, So I drank after, so this is a funny story. Let's hear so it. we just shot this film in Birmingham, Alabama. And uh, it's Morgan Freeman and Luke Hemsworth. And it's an action film. And the guy that does these action films, like he just had Nick Cage do one last year and two years ago. It was Van Damme. So he does. They're not, they're not blockbusters. But, you know, depending on the mix, it'll get some play. And then he, you know, he makes a ton of money from streaming and overseas mm-hmm. sales and whatnot. So I have no idea if this is going to have a theatrical release. But it's an action film. And there's an appetite for it because people just want some cool dude films, right? Yeah. And so, uh, so we're on set. And... Uh, I don't know. I got we missed craft services. I got some. I went. I'm like guys. All my call times like X, and I'll grab some Chick Fil A. Is anybody hungry? Like yeah, we'll take some. And so uh, and then Sean Rogers, he was just in the Flash. He he was in it with me. And then uh, Connor DeWolf, who's a big TikToker. He's got like millions of followers. He does these funny ADD skits and all this. And so uh, so I'm I'm bringing some Chick Fil A, and it's it's like a a park out outside of Birmingham, one of your national parks. Mm-hmm. They got this cool. I mean, we were using like. It was pretty legit. The, the structure we were using, I think it was an old mill. Steel. Yeah, it was an oh, old cool. mill. And so uh, it was in Bessemer, Alabama, outside of Birmingham. So anyway, I come in. So we got our trailer stacked up. And, you know, I, I, I met Luke once or twice. But, you know, this was time. We had some downtime. So we started. He's like, hey, mate, come on in. And so I'm in there. And he's in Australian. And I'm like, man, this guy looks like a Hemsworth. And so we're in there talking. Chick-fil-A. Man, thanks for grabbing the Chick-fil-A. And then he opens the fridge. And there's like little whiskey drink or something he pulls a cork hey you want to pull i'm like dude you realize if i drink after you and tell girls that i drink after hemsworth like i'm i'm set mm-hmm. he's like go for it mate yeah. <laughs> that's pretty cool but i mean what you see with that dude is what you get and i think he actually started following me on instagram which is cool how big is he so luke he's the oldest one so mm-hmm. it's luke chris and liam luke's not bigger than than me really like, he's six foot they look so big and um, he does on, he on looks TV. bulky yeah. but then of course chris is like six foot three or six, four or mm. something. And then Liam, the short one's tall too, but I think Luke's the shortest one. Crazy. But, uh, you know, it was fun to work with him. He, he, it was a lot of fun. So. That's super fun. So that, that hadn't come out yet. I think that the release is going to be 2024. So that's excited really cool. about that. Yeah. That sounds like way too much fun. I get how actors can get into trouble. Yeah. You know, it's like you kind of got the world at your fingertips. You can just do whatever you want. Yeah. Well, not necessarily, but you know, you gotta, so I hadn't hit it big where I'm just, you know, Raking in all the dough, but it's coming. It's coming. So, but the real estate's been great because you know, in real estate, people, a lot of people assume real estate's easy. It's not. You work no. your butt off, and you're working yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, didn't realize that. And I'm not scared of work. But the beautiful thing is, now that I have a team, if I got an audition or something comes up, you know, then I've got a team that can cover for me, and then I go do that. And actually, you know, it's helped me get a lot of listings. Just kind of throw it in there. Oh, by the way, yeah. We do like a little film and TV video for your thing. Happen to do a little TV and acting. Like, what, what do you mean? Like, yeah, 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 I do some acting. You're an actor? Just what do you mean? By, uh, production, behind the scenes? I'm like, I'm legit. 
Like, really? Yeah, here's my IMDb. Like, wow, okay. Well, we'll cancel the appointments for the other two. You're hired. That's, so, <laughs> that's really fun. I, I totally believe that, though. Uh, I mean, especially when you have... So an interesting thing that I see potentially coming down the pipeline is agents' followings and the amount of followers they have and the amount of reach they have is going to start yeah. influencing the amount of listings they get. Because yeah. when you it's have that to. kind of reach and you have that attention on you, if you pull their home into that attention mm -hmm. world that you're getting, there's a higher likelihood of it selling and for a higher price. 100%. And so it's, it's, uh, as things change, I can see that shift moving over. Well, and I think the cool thing is, is like, you know, you got with the podcast, how do you grow that audience, right? So I'm at 3,500 followers on Instagram. And the, and the key is, you know, life gets in the way and you have to be focused. Everybody asks, like, I can't do what you do. I'm not comfortable getting in front of a camera. You know, you do these great videos. Where do I start? It's just all, it's really, you know, my biggest um, barrier I'm trying to break through is the consistency of it. You know, have oh. that plan in 2020, how consistent, you know, Leif's here. So we talk about all the time, like, what are we implementing in 2024 so we're consistent? Mm -hmm. Because when I've been consistent on YouTube with a new video every week and uh, Instagram with consistency, like people can expect, like, oh, yeah, he's going to do his pot, whatever. Then that's when the audience starts growing and the algorithm yeah. starts helping towards that. Yeah. But if you're sporadic here and there, then that audience will never grow. If you want to do it organically, like I've Absolutely. never been one to buy you know, leads or whatever, anything like that. But I think you're right because if you can, actually, it's funny you say that the kid that was in the movie we just did, Connor DeWolf, he's got a million TikTok followers. So think if the movie comes out and Connor puts it on his TikTok, well, how much money are they going to make just because he put it yep. on there and just a 10% of those people or, you know, a hundred thousand followers go watch the movie, how much money they just rake There's in at $5. Bucks. Yeah. yeah, or half a million bucks right so, there. Boom. I mean, like, it, it helps having those yeah. followings yep. in, in that audience. Absolutely. Same thing with homes. And it, it depends, right? But like I can see how there's a there could be a link between those things someday. Mm -hmm. So so your your passion or your, your original thing was acting. And then you're like, hey, I'm also, I, I do love real estate. I want to be an entrepreneur. And I see real estate as a good path to get there. So you're doing that too. How do you balance the two? That seems like a, uh, like so, you're saying, like listings, and then you're mm -hmm. you got to go do an audition. That's tough. Yeah, and, and uh, my ex-wife may not have been happy with that. You know, yeah, so like, yeah. hey, it's dinner time. I got an audition. I got to put on tape. You know, so I don't know. I don't think that's the reason. But but uh, you know, you, it, it's like anything else. Some people have a golf hobby. Some mm -hmm. people, you know, um, you know, make boats and wine bottles. I don't know anybody that does that, but I've seen it. Yeah, it must take really? a lot of time. But um, you know, I, I think for me, I've got an agent in New Orleans and, you know, something will come up, he'll send it to me. And I've really focused on film and TV. If you look, go on my IMDb, that's pretty much what it is. Uh, some actors got a ton of credits, but a lot of short films and this and that. I think early on, I realized there needed to be a balance because I do love real estate and I love the opportunity there. And I'll always practice real estate. You know, I've had people say, well, when you hit it big, are you done with real estate? I'm absolutely not. I'll have my team. Just like you said, mm -hmm. real estate's great. It's building wealth. It's how you invest and, and, yeah. build, and build wealth. And I love helping people, especially with the traditional real estate. Um, I like to do more land and ranch. I had a black, actually the, the, the video that was a ton of fun was a 4,000 acre ranch. We sold down in South Texas to uh, May 22. And we sold that for like 4.5 million, but just being out there in the video we got for that, it's got the most views every week on my YouTube channel, hands down. That's really so cool. that right there, we should be able to take and go, hey man, you want to sell your ranch? Like this is my number one video and I did it two years ago and I still get leads every day from it. Yeah. So, um, but the balance comes from just time management like anything else, 
right? It comes down to time management. And then you have to be disciplined enough to say, okay, these are the times I got blocked. Like, don't, you know, it's family vacations. So I'm, I'm booking myself out. If something comes up, no. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I've gotten a lot more discipline about that the last, you know, five years, especially because the family time is so important. I got 11 and seven year old yeah. and you can't take that time away from them because you never get it back as you know. Yeah. So, you know, just if it means that family time's here and I'm staying up late to, you know, do an audition or have, you know, the neighbor comes over or whatever, or time it, then that's what has, that's what has to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's all about time management and then just, you know, when you've been doing it as long as I have, the technical part of it, I know where my lights need to be, you know, just like this setup right here. I know I have all the technical right, and then I know I need to memorize my lines. So what does my time look like? When can I do that? I'm best in the early morning, right? I get up early. on a perfect day. I get up at 5, work out, got time to do all my stuff before the kids get up, right? That's another layer to it, too. You got to yeah. stay fit, stay on Oh, camera. dude, look at Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. But that dude wakes up at 4 a.m., does just, workout, cold plunge. I'm like, this guy's an animal. Yeah. <laughs> But it's like I get why because if you don't do it, if you don't do it, then it's very hard to fit it in. Can't do it, kid. It's and then you always like getting interrupted while I'm working out. It just no, we're either on the phone, business, or in the afternoon with you. And you got four kids, so forget about it. Forget about it, man. Yeah, I lucky. I'm lucky. I have like a 1,400 square foot gym at my house. Oh, nice. So like in the evening, sometimes I just pull all the kids in. I'm like, we're working out today, kids. And I got all them in there doing little curls and stuff. Like, I just make them work out with me. And the baby's like on the back pool machine. Just yeah, up man. And down. Straight up. I got a rower in there. My kid will get on the rower and they'll row for 10 minutes. And I'm like, okay, you got 10 minutes on the row, 10 minutes on the tread, and 10 minutes on the stairs. Go. I want to do a home, t- I want to do a video tour of your gym. Let's go. <laughs> Leif, we need to schedule that, buddy. Let's go. <laughs> all the but, kids uh, in there. But no, it's fun. And I'm, I'm grateful for that. I mean, I've been blessed to be able to, to do it. 23 was a really good year for it. And, you know, they're clients. At the end of the day, everybody I meet on set, any you know, uh, that I'm fortunate enough to get numbers for whatever, they're like, oh, you live in Texas. Oh, wow, man. I've been thinking about buying property there. So, hey, let's go. So having opportunities, yeah. like you're saying, where, hey, we got a good opportunity. You got somebody that's got some cash that wants to park it somewhere that's out in California, wants to do something with it. Um, that's kind of that's the next step. It's, okay, how do I start finding those deals and bring those people together. So it is worthwhile to do that and then get in on the action myself. Absolutely. You going to start investing? Well, after today I am. Yes. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, we should talk. I, I can help you get into some investments. It's not ever. I feel like so many people make it out to be this difficult thing and it can be, yeah. but it can also be super simple and take very little cash if you know how to right. do it right. Cause there's so many mechanisms in real estate, um, to help you get there. Uh, but overall, like with the changes we've made, uh, seller financing is what I see us doing until rates come down. Right. Then, then it's going to be a balance between seller financing and rentals. Seller financing is great because it brings in cash flow, yeah. but then it creates tax liability. Right. So rentals can help offset the tax liability. So it's like these kind of two things that I see if if you're doing both of them, there's a lot of advantages to it. So. Well, so I think the good thing here is I'm like you, viewer out there that's ready to jump in, but you do not know what to do. So this is my coach. I'm going to be the guinea pig. We're going to jump in. We're we gonna, should do a deal. Gonna, yeah. We're, we're going to do a deal and see how simple it is. Take the fear out of it. And we're going to document it, video it. And then we're going to show you how easy it is so we can help you create wealth. Yeah. It's, it, it seems, it seems like hard or scary, but it's really simple. Like you did when you just signed that listing agreement, you're like, yeah. what do I do now? At some point you just got to take action. There's a lot of people who get stuck in analysis paralysis and real estate investing, mm-hmm. and it's just 
sacking up and doing it. But I agree. If you show them the steps, it's not it's not that hard. Yeah. So we should do a deal together. Fired we should. Well, think, yeah, be, we'll do do. think positive. Be positive. Do positive. I love it. <clears throat> Anything else you want to discuss around 2024? Your plans in 2024? Man, uh, 2024. There's a lot to going on, man. So you got some big movies you're going to be in. Well, I don't know. So I, yeah, the two. I just auditioned for two, but I can't. I, you can't say what you're auditioning for if you just yeah. did it. Um, you know, that's the two, just the shows. And then, you know, I'd like to, I'm in the process and then it's the hardest thing is finding time to write, but I'm writing my own film without using AI, <laughs> but putting it all on paper, you know, with the life experiences that I had, you know, how can, how can I put it on paper and then create something here locally? How do you so, like, cat, like, I don't know how old you are, but if you go back 46 for real, yeah, you look great, man. Thank you. So, so no, no Botox people. 46. So how do you keep track of everything that's happened over there? Do you like journaling or how do you? I do a lot of journaling. So really? uh, yeah, the, actually my broker's Keller Williams. And so I've been, had some good, like they were always a coaching company, right? Yes. Like yeah, Gary they're... Keller and still a private company, but he was, he wrote the millionaire real estate agent book that mm-hmm. everybody, no matter brokerage, what it's good to read, right? Yeah, absolutely. No matter what business, but um, he had some good practices and they, they're really a coaching company. And so I've been, I really got at the beginning, I got heavily involved in the coaching and they were big on journaling. Yeah. Uh, write it down. Write mm-hmm. down your plan. If you don't stick to it, write it down. You know, so you can document, so you can, uh, you know, keep a schedule, all that good stuff. So that was really important. So that, you know, having a routine, you know, the journaling. So yeah, I've got uh, in the storage room, I probably got like a bunch of journals and stuff like that. And then, um, you know, it's funny. I got, golly, the emails. What do your emails go back to? Bro. I got an email. So I used to work for the Dallas Mavericks, which was mm-hmm. my very first job out of college. And I still got emails from Mark. I'd have to send a report to him. Hmm. It's like, man, I'm all excited. It's like, great. Okay, what you, what's, what's next? <laughs> like, there's no chance to celebrate. And, and how long ago was that? I worked from Cuban when Dirk Nowitzki and Steve Nash were rookies. So it was 99-2000 season. That was the last year in Reunion Arena. And then the 2000-2001 season, the first American year in American Airlines Center. Center. Cool. It was a blast. I was, I was just out of college, and I was doing corporate sales. Like all the ticket guys were like, how did he get in corporate sales? Well, Cuban was just like, I, I want to hire a bunch of young bucks to come in here and just sell, sell, sell. So uh, if your real estate company's got $5,000, we're going to find a way to market it, invest it where it used to be. The traditional way before Cuban got in was you got one dude that sells to Nike, one dude that sells to McDonald's, one guy that sells to Coke, and then you got three dudes, that's it, and or girls, whatever. And Mark's like, no, we're, we're going to open this up and – I want a bunch of you know hustlers out there yeah. selling to everybody. He was like a disruptive owner in the disruptive, in the NBA, which sure. was great. And, yeah. Um, and now he's selling. It's kind of sad. Yeah, he sold. Yeah, he, he sold. sold. He, he already sold, right? Yeah, I think so. I think he sold. Yeah. I mean, it was recent though. He like, wants to open West. a casino in Dallas. I've I've heard he's working on it, and he also bought a whole town in. I want to oh, say I saw called, that South. Yeah, it's like Coyote, Texas, or yeah. some something like that. He bought the whole city. I'm like, huh? What's what a, is he gonna do with that? I don't know. I mean, with the kind of money he has, he can make his own city, I guess. I don't know. Well, this is where dreams start right here. And I'm going to start with my first property. Then I'm going to buy a city in Texas. <laughs> my own town. Yeah. <laughs> well, what thank you, you gonna... very much for having me, man. Thank you so much for coming on, man. I'm, a, I'm can excited we do it again? to see. Absolutely. We can track this journey. We should. Uh, we should get you a property and figure out how to help you make some money with the property. I love it. You can do one, then you just keep adding on the pile. So Teach a man I'll... to fish. Yes, sir. Thanks so much for joining me. Um, Until next time, it's the Pursuit of Prosperity podcast. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, appreciate you, brother. Thank you, man.